Hello, I'm Head of School Brent Bell and welcome to the Darlington Podcast. Today is part two of our spring sports preview and I'm pleased to be here with girls varsity coaches Reed Owens, Al Shorey, Melissa Smiley, and Kevin Hunt to talk about the spring sports season. Coach Willerson is off at a golf tournament today, so he won't be able to join us. But to everyone else, uh, thank you for being here and thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia. Join us as we take a look inside and outside our classrooms and connect with students, teachers, alumni, and more. So let's just jump right in and we'll uh, we'll start with Coach Shorey and the soccer team and, and tell us a little bit about how the season's going so far and what we have to look forward to uh, for the rest of the year with the girls' soccer team. Yeah, we're, we're well underway, as you know. Uh, we're into our final three weeks of the season. Uh, our numbers this year are great. I've got 27 girls out there um, from different countries. We've got Switzerland and Germany and Spain and uh, China, but most of those girls are playing soccer for the very first time. Um, so it's been a, a good experience for them. Uh, now that basketball is over and we have our full team, um, we're competitive. We're, we're just getting into the real important part of the season. So we'll have three region games here in the next week, and that's really going to determine our season by and large. Any of those games uh, in particular you'd love to see a big crowd for? Um, anything uh, well, next, for next, our, our listeners that want to come see a game? What, what do you recommend? Yeah, next week, uh, Monday, we play Christian Heritage. That's a big game for us, and that's usually a pretty competitive game. And then uh, we play Walker on Tuesday, and we always like to try to be competitive with the Atlanta school, so that's mm-hmm. a big one for us as well. Okay. And those games are in the stadium here at, the stadium. on campus? Great. Excellent. Coach Owens, tell us a little bit about uh, girls' tennis team and, and the season you're looking forward to. So our girls have, have started off really strong, um, currently 3-0. and um, And we've got um, two varsity matches and a JV match this week. Um, in the kind of same token, Coach Shorey said, uh, we've got a, a lot of new players out this year, um, really from all over the world, um, Switzerland, uh, China, Brazil. Um, so really diverse uh, group of student athletes, um, which we're very excited about. Um, we really have have had a strong showing thus far, and, and looking forward to carrying that momentum um, into our, our region play this week. We play at home against North Cobb on Thursday, uh, and then we'll continue next week. We have another home match, um, and really kind of getting our, our region play started as well. Um, so we, we had three holes to fill um, this year. We had three seniors that left us. Um, we had a great run last year, made it to the lead eight. Um, but really excited with the girls that have stepped up, um, several young players um, who have really filled those shoes um, and looking to make it uh, you know, at, at least that far, if not further, this, this, uh, this season. Great. Any matches we should circle on our calendars, come out and support the Tigers? So tomorrow we play Kings Ridge, which is um, our our brother school or uh, sister school, and uh, and then Thursday uh, Northcott Christian at home open it up, um, which I I think they always have a strong team, mm-hmm. um, and I think our student athletes would appreciate some support, um, kind of getting our region region underway. So looking looking forward to those um, matches. 
I would say April 7th will be our senior night. Um, so come out and support our seniors uh, that day. Uh, we'll play Mount Pisgah. So that'll be a good match as well. Great. Excellent. Coach Hunt, we talked a little bit about boys track last week. How are, how are the prospects for the girls track team this year? Uh, uh, the girls off to a great start. We've had five, uh, four meets already, have one this Thursday. Uh, it'll be a big one. We have seven teams coming in. Uh, we're excited about that. And then we'll be traveling Saturday to an even bigger meet at Gordon Central. But the girls are working hard and uh, we're coming off spring break. So we'll, uh, we'll go out there today and see how hard we worked over spring break <laughs> and uh, see what happens on Thursday and Saturday. If they're doing great, they love to compete and uh, they give 100% every time they're on the track. So, and that's uh, really all we ask of them. So they're doing great. And the, some of the changes we talked about in the last podcast with different events and, and uh, numbers of events that an athlete can compete in, those, those rules or changes the same for girls and boys? Yeah, we, st- we have, well, they added the 4 by 8 last year and half the people did it, half didn't, but now they have the 4 by 2 and 4 by 8 which is two new events, and it's the same for boys and girls. My girls' numbers are great. They're not quite as, as large as the boys' team, but... So it's a little bit more strategic on where we want to put our kids and what events we want to have them in, and especially since they bumped us down to four events. But uh, so that is the same. The number of is, events yeah. a, a, an athlete can compete in is it's, moved from five to four for both the girls and the boys. Yeah, you can do four events, including uh, relays. Um, was previously five. They added two events, bumped you down the number of events you compete in. So it's. It's interesting, but we're working through it. So, we'll see how it works out. Other big meets that we're hosting uh, here on on campus that are, are fun ones to come to. The area meet is April twenty sixth and twenty eighth. Um, we'll do the prelims and some of the field event finals on the twenty sixth, and then the finals of the running events will be on the twenty eighth. Those will be. The 26th will be mostly during the school day, so it'll be great if students can come over in their off period and things like that to watch the kids compete. But that's that would be our biggest home meet. It'd be April 26th and 28th. Okay. Area meet. Great. And Coach Smiley, tell us a little bit about lacrosse and, and things are obviously lacrosse a little bit different in the way it's it's set up. Um, so maybe if you could talk a little bit about. Darlington and a little bit about how lacrosse works in, in general. Sure, so for lacrosse, um, most of our games are played against schools in Atlanta and Atlanta area. Probably the closest to us is Bremen, um, and we, they are in our, area, our region and we will play them soon. But um, right now we have kind of a small group for lacrosse. We just have the one team, but it's a pretty experienced group. There are only a couple of new girls. Um, I have four seniors right now, and two of the four seniors have been playing for five years, so um, they kind of know the system and know how it works. So sometimes, you know, even though lacrosse works a lot like soccer, where you have some offensive players, some defensive players, and several midfielders that play both both ends of the field um, on the football field, and so it's a it's a running game. Um, so sometimes when your numbers are small, you got to figure out how to get some people in and out so that they don't get too tired. But um, our girls have worked really hard. The majority of our team um, has gone to camps during the summer. Our goalie worked really hard during the summer, went to several different camps. Um, she also plays basketball, so we were really excited to have her back when basketball season was over. We're kind of the same boat as soccer. 
we've got our full group now, and that that's helpful. We played a couple games before spring break, but we're not just now really getting into our season. We have three games this week. Our first regional game is Wednesday at home against Columbus. I know that's a little weird that Columbus is in our region, but um, they are. So every other year we travel to Columbus, mm -hmm. but this year they're coming to us. And it should be a really good game, weather permitting. I think it may be a little bit rainy on Wednesday, but we're hoping we get a good crowd turnout for Wednesday night. Um, but the girls are working really hard. I have some really great assistant coaches this year that both played in college and were pretty renowned in their college careers too. So um, it's helped the girls a lot to really get some good instruction. Um, and they're really building. Um, we were mostly, we're very sophomore and junior heavy. And so that, that helps because they have a little bit of experience. They're used to playing the teams that we're playing. So we're looking forward to really kind of getting going this week with our season. Great. So um, continue with lacrosse a little bit. Obviously, the tennis rules, sounds like track, soccer, the rules for girls and boys are very similar. So if you go to a girls game and a boys game in soccer, the offsides is offsides. Lacrosse is not the case. No. Um, so when you, when you go to a girls lacrosse game, tell us, uh, sort of as a novice fan, what are one or two things that we should be looking for? Well, in a girls lacrosse game, if you're comparing it to boys, we don't have the same number of players on the field. Um, we, we have one more player on the field. We don't wear any pads or helmets. Um, and not to say that it's not just as physical. It's still pretty physical. And, you know, we say all the time how tough the girls lacrosse players are because they are, you know, getting smacked with a stick and all they have are a pair of goggles to protect their eyes. Um, but they work really hard. Um, some of the interesting things about lacrosse, if you've ever really looked at the field, you know, you have your goals, but you have an eight meter mark and a 12 meter mark, and the girls shoot from those those um, points. Um, you call fouls just the same. Um, we, we laugh because we had a game recently that somebody scored and a penalty was called on the shot, and so she'd go back and take a penalty shot. They took the goal away and she missed the penalty shot, and we were saying, hey, you know, we would have just preferred to have the goal because mm -hmm. we were tied and it made a big difference in the game. Um, but that's just kind of how lacrosse works. Um, there's just a ton of hand-eye coordination. The, I don't know how everybody's really ever seen the difference in the sticks. The boys' stick has a pocket, and so when they get a ball, they run down the field with the ball in the pocket of the stick, and a girl stick doesn't have that. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of the game, they do a stick check, and the ref looks at every person's stick. They put a ball down in it, and you have to be able to see the ball over the top. It can't mm -hmm. lie in the net. And while they're running and passing and catching, they have to do what's called cradling, where you're constantly moving the stick back and forth to keep the ball in the stick. So they're running, passing, catching, and having to keep the ball in the stick the whole time and lining up to shoot. So it takes a lot of coordination, um, and our girls work really hard and run a lot of drills to be able to do that. Great, thank you. Um, Coach Shorey, Coach Owens, love to return to you guys um, with this one. You both mentioned sort of blending uh, new players with returning players uh, and also obviously, um, you know, students from around the world and different, different environments and different places in their background. I would love to know a little bit about how you do that um, and, and why that's uh, beneficial to the team. I think uh, it, it builds a, a nice team dynamic to, just to have 
people from all over with different experience levels. We did, I will tell you early on, you know, when I didn't have the more experienced players, it was a challenge to, you know, because the conditions are bad, it's rainy and it's cold, and you don't have your four-year seniors out there helping lead things. And so uh, you just have people step up that maybe you don't you know, you don't necessarily expect. You know, you have a junior who's been with the team that serves as that leadership role. And so in a way, you're sort of culture, cultivating the leadership, you know, for next year and beyond. And so uh, there are challenges, though, building a team with way different experiences, mm-hmm. you know, in their playing times. Yeah, um, I, w- I would say even the communication between us as coaches. Uh, I have a, a student athlete who also plays soccer um, and then one who plays lacrosse. Uh, so some of our assist scholars who are here for a year want to take advantage of the opportunity to play a sport that maybe they don't play in their home country. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a, a level of communication uh, among the coaches that I think is important. Um, but in terms of having the student athletes from different countries, I, I think it 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 does add um, you know a, a special bond that you might not um, get at a at a different type of an institution. Um, and even when we go and play at other schools, they always remark um, about the the team chemistry and say how unique it is to play uh, different student athletes from from different places and um, so leadership um, from the the team's perspective is also important having um, captains who kind of cultivate that comradeship I think is 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 key as well. Coach John you've been at this a long time what what do you feel like are the keys um, for for student leadership within a, a track program what are you looking for from your student your your kind of team leaders? Well, the number one thing for me, I look in the uh, athlete is just leading by example. You know, everybody is not uh, vocal. I wasn't very vocal when I was an athlete. Um, I just want them to lead by example. You know, you put them on the track and I tell them, you might not be the fastest, you might not be the most talented, but it's easy to see if you're uh, you're giving 100% effort. And I I think that's leadership. you know, I don't think it's really based on how good you are or how fast you are. Um, you know, I've had people before that might not be one of my better athletes, but they were my my best leader because they did it by example. Always there, um, never have excuses for not doing something, uh, and they just they just come ready to practice or ready to compete every day. Great, thank you. So we, we always like to ask this question. We, we want our listeners to, to come out to games and matches. Um, we'll just go around the room. When, when you watch uh, your, your team perform, what do you hope uh, people see uh, from them in that performance? Would, would, would you love for someone to say, wow, your, your, your team does blank? I love for for them to see that we're working hard, like Coach Hunt said. Uh, we're never going to be, I shouldn't say never, but in most cases, we're not going to be the more talented soccer team. So we're going to have to outwork you, and we're going to have to play for each other. And I think, you know, last week we had a great example. We're down in Mount Perrin. Um, we're down four goals. Our goalie, Anne-Marie Wright, breaks, dislocates her finger and breaks 
the finger next to it. At the time, we didn't know it, but you know, every save she's making, that I see her shaking her hand a little bit. So she comes off at halftime and takes the glove off. So she finished the half and continued to make saves. And then at halftime, you know, our other goalie was injured with a separated shoulder from previous. You know, as a coach, you would have thought I would have thought ahead on this one, but I mean, I, I never would think of Anne Marie Wright getting injured. She's just a, a tough, tough girl. And so at halftime, we had to figure out who was going to step in the goal. And Ava Bell Holcomb had played goalie in her younger years. And she stepped in, and I, I appreciate that. She didn't want to do it necessarily, but she did it for the team. And then after she'd given up a couple of goals, um, we put Sarah Tonell in there, and she's a basketball player. And she gave up a few goals as well, but she did a great job. Both of them did a great job. And so the willingness to jump in there in a time of need, I think, um, is really important. And hopefully the fans see that from our girls. Excellent. So uh, we'll, we'll have five matches going on at one time, uh, really ten when you include the boys there. Um, but I, I always appreciate when our, our girls build each other up. Uh, you know, you might have our, our number one singles see an excellent shot by our number two, del- or number two singles, number three singles, um, just building each other up throughout the match. Um, sometimes um, you, you kind of it's, – it's easy to lose focus and to get down. Um, I always like to say tennis is 80% mental. Um, so um, I would say just building each other up throughout the, throughout the match and then um, just having that never quit attitude. Um, we will play the best of three sets. Uh, you might lose the first, um, but then you have two more sets or a, a third set tie break to to call back and and stay in the match. Um, so those are two of the most important things that I think that we can do to build each other up. Great. Um, well, I mean, what I expect our kids to do, and I think they all understand this, is to compete as hard as they can every time they step on the track or step into a uh, field event. And uh, I do hope the parents and the fans see that. Um, you know, I, th- I think uh, our athletes understand if, if you're going to wear the uh, purple, then you need to carry yourself in a certain way, um, which is positive, and uh, win with class, and as well as lose with class. You're not going to win every race, and if you don't, it's okay to be upset with yourself, but we don't need to be uh, showing any negative emotions uh, on the track. That's what we expect out of our guys, and they, uh, for the most part, do a great job of that. Great. Coach Ma? For lacrosse, a um, couple things. I really like when people see how well they're communicating on the field. A lot of lacrosse has to do with who you're covering and who's cutting, and, and you know, the more that they're talking and they're more, the more they're communicating with each other, they're more successful on the field. But I like the people in the stands to see that happening, too. You know, they can recognize who needs a little help and um, where they can go over and help out their teammate. And so um, I love when you can see that from the stands. And then kind of to piggyback on what everybody else has said, just being positive. Um, We have a good tradition of really liking each other on the lacrosse team. You know, a lot of girls play lacrosse just because it's something really fun that they didn't grow up doing, that they just have a chance to learn to do something new. And there's not this great expectation that you know, while every year, uh, pretty much every year, we have at least one kid who is being looked at by schools to go play lacrosse in college. You know, we don't just traditionally have just this powerhouse team. 
but we are pretty successful and more the most successful part is that they all enjoy each other and have fun being out there together and same as what the other coaches are saying support each other from the sideline support each other on the field um, a lot of lacrosse is swapping in and out within the game like um, if a midfielder is really tired swapping out with someone playing offense playing attack or swapping out with somebody playing defense while they're still on the field and being able to recognize those things and and be there for their teammates is really what we hope everybody is seeing. Well, we certainly are grateful for all the work that uh, that you all do, and and uh, you know, being a part of a team uh, is a great opportunity for anyone at any point in in their their lives, and certainly for high school students. And uh, it's kind of fun to hear how the teams are different, but yet they're all uh, still teams, right? You know, you are the number one singles player. You have an individual match, but you are certainly part of of that team. Whereas, you know, a soccer team, a lacrosse team, obviously, if you can't pass the ball to each other, right, the chances of success are are more limited. Individual uh, track events, you know, tie in with some team track events and relays and stuff like that. But um, but the work that you all do to build those teams year in and year out is is really appreciated, and we're uh, excited for this season. And and kind of a funny aspect of it, obviously, is. You know, we had a little bit of snow on the ground on Saturday morning, but we are well into the spring sports seasons. And uh, so uh, so time to mark the calendars and, and get out quickly to uh, to a game uh, or a match uh, or a meet uh, here over the next few weeks. And uh, we hope to see you out there. So, again, thank you all for being on today's podcast and uh, and good luck uh, with the remainder of the season. We'll look forward to uh, to seeing the Tigers in action. We're glad that you tuned in to this episode of the Darlington Podcast. Tune in each week wherever you like to listen to podcasts, and please don't forget to subscribe. You can check out today's show notes at darlingtonschool.org backslash podcast. And if you have questions about today's program or ideas for a future episode, just send an email to communications at darlingtonschool.org. The Darlington Podcast, a production of Darlington School in Rome, Georgia, is a collaboration between the communication, advancement, and IT teams, and the intro music is student-produced. See show notes and hear more episodes at www.darlingtonschool.org podcast.